0: From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling here with Matt Doane. How are you doing, Matthew? I am happy to be back on the podcast after... Not being here for a while. That's right. So I'm sorry that I still have not yet taught you how to work the buttons <laughs> um, so that you could do this without me. This is not a joke. I do not know how to work the buttons. Yeah. Do you think that that's kind of been like a way that you've survived life is just don't learn something? Because there are things I do this with, right? Absolutely. Because if you learn how to do it, then you'll be expected to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> I have never learned to wash dishes <laughs> or to fold laundry. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Change a diaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, no, that was actually not true. But you never did do the whole youth pastor learn to play the guitar thing. No, I have missed the guitar era yes. of being a Christian. But but that was a good thing because that forced you to have to get other people to do it. True. Whereas then I did play guitar. So then I yeah. was ended up doing it yeah. for a while. So sometimes it's good to not. Speaking of guitar,
1: I don't know. Did all of you guys see? Well, actually, you probably didn't because um, you were um, in Europe during VBS Sunday. Yeah. But Monday through Friday of VBS, our own senior pastor, Eric P. Wakeling, (laughs) was jamming on his electric guitar uh, as part of our VBS. Oh, I didn't
0: notice that, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was a bass guitar. Okay. It was a beautiful five-string bass guitar. Did you enjoy that? It was super fun. Yeah, man. It was super fun. And those songs are like crazy and wild and and like just get a workout kind of. Yeah. You're getting a workout. You're jumping all over the place. And like day one, I was kind of like saying I can either hit the right notes or I can jump around. I can't (laughs) can't do do both. both. Yeah. But then after I like started getting more used to it, I could do both. (laughs) Mostly. Your fingers get
1: your fingers hurt after that.
0: Yeah, a little bit because I pretty much just play with like. One finger on my left hand and one finger on my right hand. <laughs> is that like chopsticks for a guitar or something? Yeah, kind of. It's like real basics. Uh, uh, but yeah, but it was uh, it was super fun. I love being able to like play every once in a while. I'm playing for the yeah. kids is like the best because they're just a blast. so into it. They're so into it. Yeah. Um, so you see how it does like actually impact the band. The more the people are into it, because mm-hmm. like it does make you get like more excited up there. Absolutely. On stage. Yeah.
1: We talk a lot about it with even our worship teams. Like you're. Uh, before you're a worship leader, you're a lead worshiper. Like you need to be worshiping and you need to be
0: like having your own connection to the Lord as you're doing that not yeah. just leading others. Yeah. That's really good. That's actually really, really good. Um, Cause like, and even for everybody to know, like our goal isn't to help the band be excited. That's not the point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it does kind of like an enthusiasm of what we're doing mm-hmm. is encouraging both ways, mm-hmm. like from the band, it's like nice t- as an audience person, you know, to know that like they're encouraging yeah. enthusiasm in us yeah. and and vice versa. And sometimes our worship people get a little like they're very enthusiastic <laughs> up on that stage. <laughs> we got to keep them on the stage. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned uh, Europe. So mm-hmm. I've been gone a little bit as part of why we were not recording episodes Yet. of the podcast. And tell us why you were in Europe. Yeah. So I was in Germany and Switzerland. And I was in Germany for about a week. And it was all to serve with Greater Europe Mission, which is a missionary agency um, that uh just that is to Europe, but it's like really kind of morphed and changed in the years, in these last several years, to not just be North Americans going to Europe to preach the gospel to them, but it still is that. But it's then also raising up. Europeans to reach either their own countries or other countries within yes. Europe. So it's pretty cool. Um, it's been, it's been really neat to see. And mm. even like, Jam Greater Europe Mission is like the president of Jam is a a guy oops, sorry, is a guy from the UK. Right. And uh, so it's just cool starting to have like more leadership and board members like other than me that mm-hmm. are uh, from Europe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like that's
1: even a model in world missions that's kind of changed and within our time frame in ministry is totally. uh, it used to be the West to the rest. And now it's, what's the phrase? Um, oh, yeah. Every, everyone to everywhere. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Something like right. that. Yeah. yeah. Where it's raising up nationals to care for their own people, raising up people from Europe to frankly come to America or other places. And so it's been, it's a neat model
0: yeah so they um the term that john burns from from gem uses is uh, catalytic outsiders mm. so catalytic outsiders are helpful for anywhere yeah so it's helpful for us to have someone from Africa come and be like you need this is why you should be passionate about mm. the gospel yeah and, you know and um and and so but in the same way that an American might be to let's say to Kosovo or mm-hmm. wherever so we have some missionaries it's interesting so we have some or what's the term that we try to use now, field workers? Yeah. So field workers, people that are serving overseas. So in Kosovo, which is a country that's predominantly Muslim, and these people are Kosovars, which is a cool word. It's the, mm-hmm. the word that you call people from Kosovo, if people don't know that. Um, and and so we support them, uh, Tim and Nora, and then they have like a team of 10 people working mm-hmm. with them that are all Americans. You're right. <laughs> so it's cool, though, because you've got like these – native Kosovars that have yeah. a team of catalytic outsiders working with them so it's like leadership mm-hmm. within the country itself yeah. but then other people come in to help so cuz yeah. it's like in certain countries like an american coming in is actually really cool and then in certain countries it's actually not cool at all it can be a detriment <laughs> yeah, yeah it can be a detriment <laughs> so um, but Kosovo happens to be a country where it is still really cool right right exactly so that's um i
1: love that term catalytic yeah. outsider yeah, yeah.
0: Bringing a change, bringing a spark, kind yeah, of bringing a not, little...
1: It doesn't necessarily mean the outsider's coming in with all the knowledge right. or, okay, you're going to conform to my way now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we even kind of use the term field worker versus missionary in some context, because missionary has a little bit of the baggage of, oh, I came in to colonize you. I came in yeah. to bring a Western culture into uh, this Eastern <laughs> area, totally. rather than I'm bringing the gospel and contextualizing it for yep. this group of people. And so... Yeah, but so the outsider's not necessarily better or, like, wiser, smarter, but has, like, a spark. And I, I, that's really cool.
0: I know. I agree. I think it's cool. And it's, like, kind of, you know, I feel like a lot of Americans, like, think, like, British people are cool or, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, I love your accent. And, oh, you're so interesting or whatever. Um, uh, and then – and so <laughs> – but, like, for reals, like, about that, like, then when somebody, like, let's say from the U.K. comes to America, they – I, I think they could be like a really cool catalytic outsiders yes. for like missions to America. Absolutely, I've actually been like trying to talk to Jam a little bit about yeah, like sending. It would be cool if this whole thing does actually result right. in missionaries sent to America. Maybe we should hire a Brit here at a uh, yeah at Calvary. I'd be into it. <laughs> well, I can just start talking. Like oh boy, one? No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> it's rough, dude. Wait, actually, no. Actually, was pretty good. Why don't you give us a little more? We'll Hello. Be- Oh okay. Keep uh, going. Do,
1: are you on the on the squire? Do you have?
0: <laughs> oh now, so we've gone to like medieval times. Now you're mentioning squires. I don't know. I was thinking of, think, like something that like Tolkien would say. Do you think all like British people have like squ- like living castles? <laughs> that's that's basically my my interpretation. There. Oh, I love it so yeah. much. Okay, so that was so, yeah, for You were, all of you. So
1: you were in Germany oh, and yeah. Switzerland and um and with great mission, but particularly your role now is finalized as of uh, last week. Tell yes, us what that is.
0: So as the chairman of the board of Gem International. Wow. So kind of like this the glue organization that helps like bring everything together Mm -hmm. in the different nations all over Europe. And uh, yeah, so bring in some of that board leadership and then prime, like one of my primary responsibilities is like the main board member that works with the president of gem and kind of just both cares for him, but also kind of tries to spur him on when it comes to strategy Mm -hmm. and and other things. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud, thrilled that you have this role
1: influence even beyond Calvary how many hours do you think is that a week or a month or it depends on the season?
0: Oh yeah. And that's, it, this is like a technically like a, whatever you call it, like a volunteer job, but yeah. it's also, I think about it as like part of my job because mm-hmm. I mean, our Calvary missions vision is, um, you know, good news for Europe and Bibles for everyone. And so this is me doing my part, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, kind of like anybody else just serving within missions, but I don't, it'll be like, nothing for weeks and then it'll be like a spurt of time uh-huh. or it might be like a call once a week or something like that yeah. with with the president but then it'll like have big a burst because it'll be a trip or something will be like a burst of a week's right worth, worth of time and then uh, but that would probably only be once a year with like a week and then in like another time a year with like a few days like just kind of like that mm-hmm. and then it's like little little bits here and mm-hmm. there so it's not i don't feel like it's anything that really like takes me much out of my normal, like work life here at Calvary, even for people that like would wonder that. Um, but it's, I'm, I feel stoked to have like pretty significant impact with that. Well, and what I love
1: too, as both your friend, colleague and, and (laughs) and working in reach is that it just gives you that global perspective that totally
0: translates into your leadership here at Calvary too, which is
1: awesome. Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, I agree. And it does help me even have like an understanding of missions world in a mm-hmm. different way um, than just like we can ever have with yeah. like just being here and hearing reports from people and stuff totally. like that. And so, yep. and we do have three uh, families that mm-hmm. we support with Greater Europe Missions. So the Tweedies, the Smolitzas and the Peebles. So there's a few mm. um, uh, missionary families that serve in Europe overseas. Yeah. And so that's just cool. Like, it's direct impact with some of our Calvary missionaries, right. obviously, you know, so. Love it. That's yeah, so I mean, great. I, Yeah. And then I got to go and just whenever I have like, quote unquote, have to go to Europe for meetings, because genuinely it was seven days of like being in rooms, being in meetings, meeting with people one-on-one, eight-hour board meeting. Like, it's just kind of like, it actually mm-hmm. is kind of intense. It's intense. Yeah. And then, um, but then, so I always try to like add a few nights of going somewhere interesting or cool that i've never been before um so then i uh so i got went to or sometimes where i've never been before but this time i actually wanted to yeah. go back somewhere i'd been before because it was so yeah meaningful for me so I went back to switzerland uh where i'd been on my sabbatical which up which is if, if you don't know world geography uh <laughs> it's next to germany maybe oh, exactly. like
1: a two-hour train ride from where you were or a little bit longer <laughs> it was a little longer than that. i was like probably a five
0: hour train ride oh, wow. okay. from where i wa- from where i was in mm-hmm. frankfurt so Anyway, like all the way up to the mountains and stuff like that. So it's just but you can get to you could probably get to the border of Switzerland in like two and a half hours from where I was. But it's like I was kind of up in the mountains. So uh, it took a little longer, but it was a good time. So just an incredible time of hiking around and just being alone and Mm -hmm. being with the Lord. I might even like not actually like share my stories about this part yet because Mm -hmm. I'll probably want to share some of these on stage soon, and then we can kind of break it down a little bit more. I would love it. But um, just some really cool times with God. And Mm. if you do follow me on Instagram, you can see a post there or on Facebook Mm. where I talked about that a little bit about some special time with the Lord. But Mm. um, yeah, Um, anyway, it was just nice, nice to get a little break. It was also so nice. Dude, when I was in Germany and Switzerland, it was like raining and cold the whole time in the, in like. August it was raining <laughs> and cold so crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Last time I was in this place, it was super hot too. So I was stoked. It was cold. Um, and it was just like so nice to get out of the like 95 degree weather. Did you have a jacket <laughs> or were you freezing or no, I was prepared. Yeah, okay. I was, I was, I was checking the weather. I, <laughs> I always like have this thing. I don't know if you ever get this when you travel somewhere, but it's like that 10 days out when the weather Reports. I always like follow it on like yeah, it's on kind my of fun phone. to get prepared. Yeah. yeah, kind of seeing what it's gonna be like. I have this great story where a couple years ago uh, I was
1: literally leaving my house to get into a car to go into the airport to fly to Kosovo and Albania. And Marie goes, You forgot your puffy jacket. I'm like, I don't need my puffy jacket. And she's like, You're gonna need it. I'm like, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire time in Eastern Europe, I was just freezing. freezing. <laughs> and the whole time, all I could think of was Marie holding the puffy jacket. Like, I need my puffy jacket.
0: Yeah, man. Gotta listen. I guess I could have bought one, but felt like it was Yeah. Not it. What's funny is actually the rain jacket I took with me this year was the rain jacket I bought last year <laughs> up in the Swiss Alps because it rained. Like, it while rained I was up there, there when yeah. it was like 100 degrees everywhere else. It was right. so confusing. Right. So, anyway, but. That's great. Well, yeah. welcome
1: home. Definitely you're missed when you're not here. It oh. feels weird
0: without you here. That's good to But be home. so
1: thankful that you could impact just the strategy and the people of Greater Europe mission. And then also, yeah, I want to hear more about just thin places connecting with God mm-hmm. in the mountains.
0: That's mm-hmm. that's really cool. And then we had eight ten day last week. Yes, so that was pretty fun. It was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. I hope people had their own eight ten day celebrations. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a little one with like our church, school, and church church and school staff during the day. Over the top. Yeah, it was incredible. We had briskets that were that were smoked all night by Uh some incredible volunteers and. This corn that was dipped in butter and yes. had like all the spices you'd want mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we ate the fat and drank the sweet yeah, cornbread. We yeah. had a uh, Texas sheet cake. It was a yeah, it was it incredible. Was. I
1: waddled out of there.
0: Yeah, so that was like our little church event with that. Um, I had a little thing at my house that night too. Um, so hopefully, if you did something to celebrate eight ten day of yeah. the. Nehemiah eight ten. eat the fat, drink the sweet. Mm-hmm. Do not be grieved. Share with those who have nothing prepared for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm. So just a day to celebrate and remember that we have joy from God that strengthens us. Totally. So that's, uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So I encourage you, if you didn't celebrate it, you can celebrate it on October 8th. <laughs> right? Just flip it. <laughs> 10, 8, 10, 8. And then you can... Which, uh, which
1: when you read the text
0: probably it was around october 8th. no like dude so yeah, yeah so the nlt does this thing right yeah. where i think we've explained this where it it like goes back and like analyzes what the date would be net like in our version of a calendar instead of it saying like one of nissan the, yeah, yeah the month of nissan or whatever it says it literally says at the beginning of Nehemiah 8 it says on october right. 8th it's crazy so I feel like whatever their science is probably better than what like mine would be. Very you know? Possible, yeah. Um so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. So they celebrated Nemai eight ten on ten eight. Yes. I think you should just do both. That's what I say. Why yeah. not? I mean you might as well eat eat a bunch of fatty food. <laughs> right? Sounds good. I'm Although sure.
1: you were telling me
0: last week you're like, uh, I'm gonna start a whole new regimen this week. I know. I haven't really done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I am supposed to start being good, though. B&I uh, talked about trying to start being a little better with food. I need to I need to get a little more fit. Uh, I also need to get back on my bike because I am yeah. going to do this. Did I mention this on the pod? No, no. So I am doing this thing with Greater Europe Mission next June huh. that is like a fundraiser for uh the Paris twenty twenty-four Olympics. Oh, you've told me about this, yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna bike ride from London to Paris oh. with an overnight ferry mixed in the middle there. Fine. Um, which will be cool. There's gonna be like ten people, but each person's supposed to raise twenty-four thousand dollars. I'm good for twenty. Okay. Twenty thousand? Twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can use twenty thousand. <laughs> uh, and what's so cool, so um, like there's some ministry that's like being done by like the French church and by like some missionaries like happening around the Olympics. Hmm. And so to help support that, to help support um, this other ministry that wanting to start a, this, 'Cause this is a bike ride, like a cycling camp. So Jem like mm. owns a camp in the French Alps mm-hmm. that's literally on the course of the Tour de France wow. on like the most famous climb called Alp Doues. Yeah. And it's like right next to it. And so they're starting like a cycling camp there. This wow. guy is. And so part of what this is is these ten people is part of what we're gonna do is like buy new bikes use them for these four day ride and then, and them. then those 10 bikes oh, that's cool. go to like, kind of su- like, right. Start that fun. Fundam- see the yeah, ministry. Yeah. see The the bikes of that camp. So that's part of what that money would go towards. Huh. And then some other, like more outreach and evangelism kind of stuff. So yeah. will your ride, like, will you get a yellow jacket if you're like in the lead or something? Oh yeah. I think so. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So um I got to get, it would help me to be a little lighter, let's just say, sure. to make the bike be easier. Yeah, <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, what about you? How's, how have things been going? Yeah, with you? so
1: actually, it's in the old uh, workout department. So <laughs> I, I think I might have mentioned this in a couple months or a couple weeks ago, but I ran a little 10K oh, yeah. up in Santa Cruz, wharf to wharf. So nice. one wharf to the next. I was super fun with my brother on his birthday and my nephew. So that was a blast. But that got a little bug going to me again. So I've been Ooh. starting to run. So I'm going to try the Long Beach Marathon. In, I mean, half marathon. <laughs> Let me make that clear. In uh, in October. And then I'm hoping to maybe ramp up to a marathon in 2024. So we'll see. We'll see if we can do it. We'll see if I can. I might need like a Greg Clark or someone to. In fact, you know what? Today's pod is sponsored by Greg Clark. and. <sighs>
0: Up and running again? Up and running. <laughs> or Soul Driven Coaching? <laughs> who Either one. I'll he, take either one. Okay, okay. So today's podcast sponsored by Soul Driven Coaching, Greg Clark, who is a triathlete and other <laughs> endurance um, sports coach. But he also runs Up and Running Again, which is an incredible ministry. So for, click on one of those yeah. sites? Yes. And uh, Greg does like to help people with this. But you and have so, to be serious. Like he won't help you if you don't please, commit. Please. No, no. You've got some... You, you know, got some commitment issues. You've got some commitment issues. You need to say that you're really going to do this. All right. Well, how we do a
1: advertisement is we tell the person mm-hmm. what they owe us. So, Greg, you owe me three free lessons. Oh, okay. Is that okay. what you call them? Lessons? I mean. Coaching sessions? Yeah, there you go. I like that. That's better. <laughs> and then speaking of payment. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did Keely? So, a few weeks ago, we promoted the Anaheim Public Library. Yes. Doing great work in the city of Anaheim. And, and Keely, Keely Hall. Hall, yeah, uh, gave us payment. She gave us In-N-Out gift cards. <laughs> yes, so, one for me, one for you. I think we should take out a faithful listener too. Maybe okay. maybe the first person
0: to email us, dude. Today. Guess what? B told me she started listening, dude. My wife. Wow. I'm a little scared. Yeah, we better up our game. I know, because she was go- been going for walks in the morning, and she okay. said she was listening. Okay. So I'm. I'm nervous because it was it <laughs> she's was, probably already shut off by now. Don't worry. I feel like I've been like in the clear. Like I can say whatever. <laughs> All you Calvary people. I'm fine with you hearing everything, but it was just like my uh, wife making fun of me. It was going to be too much. That's a lot. And then Marie's already been listening. Yeah, Marie's been listening. Does she give bit. you feedback? No, because no. she gives you feedback on other things in life. Yeah, but she she, she said she's enjoying the podcast. I well, don't know what part. that's I don't feedback. know. Yeah. Oh, like if she likes this the, this 20 minutes of banter I don't we've done know. so far, I'm or if sure. she likes... Yeah, there will be a timestamp that's going to hopefully guide some I of you. I think she mostly likes the interviews. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> 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 uh. All right, so cool. that's yep. cool. So okay, good. I'm excited for you to get into that. Yeah.
1: So thank you again, Keely, mm-hmm. for
0: being so gracious. And thanks, Greg, for the. I mean, he's given me plenty of payment already, so I feel like I should <laughs> you probably. You feel like you're good. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. But for myself. I think he might be excited to help you. I also, Matt Dunn, would be committed to help you. I have a Ooh. great marathon training plan that Ooh, I can help you with. Excellent. I'm a believer in the Hanson Method. Uh huh. So that's what it's called. Um, I have a whole book that I've in depth read and okay. used and it was very helpful to okay. me. Okay. I'd like to hear about it. Okay, I'll help That's you. great. Okay. All right. Uh should we what? Yeah, we're into, Luke. into some serious stuff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Luke Cause, 6. Cuz we had that whole thing with like this series and discipleship that yep. we did and then we had VBS, yeah, <laughs> which is like a crazy wonderful interruption to normal programming and by the way <laughs> you general. were I
1: think you had just landed in Europe but Josh Simpson crushed it on that Sunday of VBS Sunday nice talking about the paralytic man from Mark actually jumped over to Mark yeah to kind of unpack that it
0: was so good yeah we had to make up because Doug Brown didn't talk about the story right? at all when he <laughs> yeah. preached um so we had to make up for that
1: <laughs> it was the second time we've hit on the paralytic uh, miracle in twenty twenty three. Do you realize too, I did some research on this. We started the gospel of Luke in November, 2022. Okay. So we're almost to a year now of going through this great book and we're in chapter six. Yeah. So that shows you two things, listener. That shows you one, just the depth of the -hmm. gospels that you can just drill down so deep. You can take a year to kind of study them. It also shows that uh, we're going really slow.
0: Yeah. We're going really slow, but on purpose. Yep. Well, I'm looking at November and my little schedule I have for our preaching Uh stuff and it's... November 5th will be in the middle of Luke 8. Yeah. So that's as far as we'll have uh, gone in a year. And there's 24 chapters in Luke. So so awesome.
1: (laughs) We're on the three-year plan.
0: We we were really actually. So that was kind of like the goal was Mm -hmm. a three-year plan with with, some diversions, obviously, mm -hmm. like we did for this for the summer Mm -hmm. and like. Easter and Christmas mm-hmm. and like missions weeks and yeah, stuff like that. So sure. we do have some of that, but we were back into it. You kicked us off yep. uh two Sundays ago yep. with the Beatitudes. Yeah. What if right? Jesus was serious? We're looking at these kind of harder sayings from Luke six
1: about Jesus calling the disciples to just this way of living after him, following him. And so in Luke six in verse 17, he says he's on the sermon on the plain and I did a little bit like of debating even on the platform about this, about like, is this the same sermon as the Sermon on the Mount? Is it different? Because there's a few different details that are, that are added in Matthew that are left out. I don't think anyone really totally cares about that, but I think the point is whether it's the same or it's a slightly different setting for this sermon, kind of the similar topics are covered here, yeah. which is the Beatitudes, like you said, the blessings. And so Luke mentions four, Matthew mentions nine, yeah. um, yeah. But there's crossover there. And then he says, yeah, blessed are the the poor, um, the hungry, uh, the sorrowful, and then those that are persecuted. And so we did hashtag blessed and walked through just what does it mean to be?
0: <laughs> did you really? I Full <laughs> yeah, disclosure, I didn't listen to it. Wow. I was gone. Wow. I not to There's a it thing yet. called YouTube. I'm going to listen to we it. We can find all of our archive messages. <laughs> In your 12 hours flying home, yeah. you just didn't have time, huh? No, man. I mean, they have so many good movies you could watch. <laughs> watch the whole Left Behind series. I Dude. actually did finally watch Jesus Revolution oh. on the airplane. Whoa. They had it on Delta. That's awesome. Isn't that cool, actually? That's really cool. And it was so wild, like watching that and then watching, because. To me, the best parts are the scenes at Pirate Cove right. when they're doing the baptisms. Because so, we've been there. We've I've been done there. It, yeah. Baptized both my kids there. Like, it's incredible. It's like, so it's just so cool to see some of that. Sorry. That's like a little, little distraction there. But I actually did watch Jesus Revolution. Oh, that's finally. Awesome. Everybody's that's awesome. been like hating on me for not having seen it yet, you know. But <laughs> I never have seen things like it. And I'm always a little slow on the Christian movies because I have like extreme skepticism that I have to work sure. through. Um, so, but anyway, I like to wait until I hear every, it's like actually going to be good. Totally understandable. <laughs> um, but you, yeah, so you're taking us through those Beatitudes. Yeah, so we and, talked about hashtag blessed, the
1: idea of what does it mean to be blessed and like the kind of the normal kind of thinking of blessing is, is that it's materialistic or it's some type of power, prestige or popularity that we get. The piece from Yep. Dave Mitchell's days. Um, but then Jesus seems to lay out a different kind of, uh, scale for what it means to be blessed. And mm-hmm. it's obvi- it's, it's often what you don't have versus what you do have. Mm. And so it was just, it was powerful for me <laughs> as the one preparing this message yeah. just to think through that once again of, oh, my circumstances and God's blessings aren't always connected. Right. Like I need to look at a bigger picture for what it means to be blessed. We unpacked the idea, too. I don't know if I did a great job. It's so hard in the amount of time that we have. Mm-hmm. But is this a physical poverty and hunger, or is it a spiritual poverty and hunger? Mm-hmm. Um, and my quick answer on that is that I think it's both. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's an idea. Now, you're not more spiritual because you're poor. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't look at people in Calcutta or in the dumps of Tijuana and say, oh, wow, you're, you're closer to God because of your circumstance. But I think there is something in being physically, materially poor that makes you more dependent, desperate on something beyond yourself yeah. <laughs> to rescue you. And yeah. so I think there is an advantage on that way. Yeah. And then the, obviously the spiritual, because Matthew adds, um, you know, blessed are um, like poor in spirit. the poor in spirit. Yeah. And so the idea that, yeah, there is something that we come with that desperation, neediness, not just for food or for stuff, but for God that. God just answers and responds to. Mm. So we talked through that a a bit and tried to help people understand um, just what true blessing uh, really looks like.
0: Was it sort of hard at some level? Because I I didn't have to like prep or preach either of these sermons that you or Norm did this last Sunday because Norm did the... Following text, which are so attached because they're so attached. Like it's really like a compare and contrast. Yes. So is it almost kind of hard to not do the whole thing?
1: Yeah. So how we break down the sermons is months ahead of time. I think we've told you before, but we kind of lay out, we look at, we read through the passages. We go, okay, I think this is a good stopping point or there's enough here to kind of sit Mm. in. Mm -hmm. This is probably one that if we did go back
0: and like Mm re-edit, we would make
1: it one sermon um, just because there is such a kind of a A and B. Mm-hmm. Um, to it but norm Obviously I, I sat down on my Sunday which was two weeks ago and I'm like norm Sorry man I just took all your stuff <laughs> <laughs> He kind of Laughed a little bit about that but uh <laughs> but yeah Then he found enough meat on the bone for this Sunday
0: Yeah he really did but it is interesting Because it's like this Like These people are blessed. This, this 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 whatever ver- this side is blessed This yes. side isn't but it's yes. not Necessarily like you Are because you are rich or because you are poor. But it's like, yeah, it's different. It's there is this reward. There is something. Yeah. Um
1: now let me add something to this. This is kind of interesting. And just even okay, Luke's intention of listing this here and picking four of the Beatitudes and then kind of the contrast here. So the whole book of Deuteronomy really is Moses coming down from the mountain. Yeah. And kind of saying this is what will bless you. This is what will curse you. And it's really deemed on behavior. Mm -hmm. It's their response to the, the, in the covenant uh, with God, the people of Israel. So that's Moses, the prophet and really (laughs) acting as the priest at at that point, Mm -hmm. coming down and saying, this is what God thinks. This is how you respond. Here's Jesus on a mountain. Mm-hmm. coming down to the people mm-hmm. and addressing the crowd in the same way that Moses did and ushering the blessings and in a sense, the sorrows or the curses. So in some ways it's the true and better Moses. It's it's like kind of stepping into that prophetic role. And that's even what you see like in Isaiah and the old Testament prophets is they would say, Hey, do this. You'll be blessed. Do this. You're going to be cursed like Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a cool thing of Jesus. It doesn't say this in the text. I'm kind of reading it into it, mm-hmm. but it's the idea that Jesus is the perfect Priest, king, and prophet. He's just, he's the perfect role for each of those. Hmm. And so here he is fulfilling those things and ultimately saying, though, it's not based on your behavior, it's more of just even your internal attitude and heart yeah. um, behind this. And so I don't know. So, even just kind of a side note of like, the more I read the gospels, the more, you know, when people are like, oh, well, Jesus never claimed to be God or the things about <laughs> Jesus have been greatly exaggerated about, you know, his view of his deity. Right. I'm like, no, every, almost every teaching he had this knowledge and this, um, ability to, to speak on, not only on behalf of God, but as the authority of God in these places. And so this is just another example of him, the ultimate prophet just going, boom, people
0: (laughs) addressing the crowds. This is how it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense actually. And, and even that's. Like, something Norm was trying to hit on, too, was, like, you know, like, Jesus Jesus is king. Like, Jesus is—and that's, like, all of this stuff within Luke is, like, the gospel of the kingdom, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, like, that Jesus is the king, and that's what we need to to recognize. But then it's, like, how does our sort of state kind of lead us— towards or away from that in right. some way like if we're only focused on the temporal yeah. and so I, I think a lot of what Norm was kind of talking about is this like eternal perspective mm-hmm. right if we're mm-hmm. just focused on like what we have now like our money now or the riches we have now we're cursed because we've lost a perspective on the eternal blessing totally right and then like and, and for all the other things food or prosperousness you know or if it's it's like you're not actually it's not bad to be laughing now. God's Mm -hmm. not like actually saying that, but if all you're focused on is the now, Mm -hmm. the now, the now, the now, but then you're, Mm -hmm. you're missing this eternal blessing. Yes. So, um, I think that's cool. And that, and it's like, you have to like recognize and surrender to Jesus as, as, but all prophet, priest, and King, right? Like, so. Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) Now, Sky Jathani in our book that we were kind of looking at this summer as a church, Mm uh, with based on the same title as our series now, what if Jesus was serious? He really, and he's kind of a country and he likes kind of pushing people either side, but he talks about like, oh, be careful though, Christian, that you're not so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Like you're just waiting to get out of this world. Like there's a mission for you in this world to bring even God's kingdom or Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. even just acknowledge the kingdom of God that is here. Yeah. But it's such a tension, right? It's like, oh, we want to live present with God in this world and not just like bury ourselves in the sand. And yet the hope and really the treasure we're storing up is not for here, yeah. but it's for eternity. And so it's like, and I, know, it's, this is something that we both learned in seminary and it's like such a cliche term, but it's both the here and the not yet. Yep. It's like the kingdom of God's here, but it's still coming. Yeah, exactly. And that's this, I guess, is the best word tension for that? Or it's like, we just have to live with both of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: i think this has be, been one of those things that we've pendulum swung on i kind of huh. bring this up a lot but like i think that we were pre let's say like 2000 mm-hmm. or something the year 2000 i think that christians were in
1: the year 2000 in the year 2000 i
0: don't know this it's a conan o'brien bit oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm at you like, I don't know what to do. Sorry, <laughs> no, it was amazing. I'm kind of like feel less cool actually. Um, But before 2000, yeah, before 2000, I think that we were like very much like looking to heaven, looking to yes. eternity, like in the within the church. Yes. And then I think there began to be this like shift of like, hey, we are we are this like so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. Like that is like our issue and. We just think like let everything burn. Who cares what happens here on earth? Mm -hmm. Who cares what happens even to people, like Mm -hmm. anything, because it's all gonna burn and we just like go, we're just, we're gonna, but we're gonna be fine, you know? And so there's just no caring. The classic bumper sticker, like in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just the idea of like, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I think that it was like this healthy shift. There needed to be a shift, I guess I could say, towards like, well, actually, we should be in a process of wanting to bring about what, like, what Jesus would want in the new heaven and new Mm -hmm. earth. We should want that for the here and now, right? And so as we work towards that, we should want more shalom or Mm -hmm. more, like, like kind of oneness with God, but Mm -hmm. also, like... Um, No crying, no weeping, no pain. Like, are we not seeking after that? Or like this beautiful image of like the Garden City. Like, should we not want that here? Yeah. Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was a good pendulum shift. And then I think we got like where it was like almost like it was like bad to talk about eternity. (laughs) You know, oh, you're just, oh, stop just talking about eternity. And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) We need like what in the world we need to talk about eternity, man. Right. We need to talk about, uh, right? And, 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 whatever you want to say about, I think when people say heaven, I sort of get annoyed now when people are like, oh, well, it's actually the new heaven and new earth. That's what they mean. That's what they're saying. It's an expression of that. You know, it's not like clouds and harps. They, that's, yes. not, that's not what they mean. Right. And so, I don't know. I just kind of like, I'm trying to give a little more grace to that. Absolutely. And also like, Hey, we need to fix our eyes like also on this beautiful future, Yes, right? And yes. because we also, we also do have hope for that. Like yes. that's what we have to have hope for that. Yes. And Luke six, Jesus is talking about it. Yes. So
1: <laughs> if Jesus is talking about it, then it must matter. We must
0: be able to fix our eyes on it. Yeah. And so I do think that that's like out of the suffering that we will have here, yeah. there is like hope in that. So anyway, yeah. that's, I'm right with I you. I think there's been that sort of thing. Yeah. So yes, it's now, not yet. I'm like totally with N.T. Wright on the way he talks about mm-hmm. some of that. But I think we've like went sort of too far with mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, like there's another thing I actually wanted to talk about that I was thinking about on Sunday. Um, and it was like there's this notion. It might have been even more of like the like Josh or somebody like worship mm-hmm. team like talking about this. But I'm curious what you think about this, because even from like some of your like kind of theological back, background, I think there's this interesting way we talk bad about ourselves that I don't know how much God thinks of us this way or not. Mm. And so this, this is the whole thing of like, mm-hmm. cause I agree that we are wretched sinners. Yeah. You know, we are sinners, but then I, and then when people say God loves us, like despite, like in spite of ourselves or despite mm. our sin or despite our whatever. Yeah. I kind of sometimes wonder like just, how does God really think about us? I don't think he's like, Hmm. Oh fine. I'll love you. Even though you're awful, (laughs) you know, like God made us like he created us. And so there's something in there where, again, I think sometimes it's like, there's like some, there's truth. There's absolutely truth to the fact that we are wretched sinners. Yeah. But I, I don't know if like once God is, especially once God has clothed us with righteousness. Yeah. I don't think he's like, looks at us like wretched sinners anymore. Yeah. You know, I've anyway, th- this I've is... thought a lot about this. Okay, okay. And I don't know
1: if I have like a <laughs> great succinct answer to uh-huh. it, but there is a sense of, let's say Jesus, our King, <laughs> he is our King. <clears throat> <clears throat> say we walk into his throne room. <clears throat> I don't think we have to come in cowering right? because, right. Um, oh, he might strike us down <clears throat> at any moment. So there's a sense that we walk in as a son, beloved son and a beloved daughter, and that's what Romans yeah. talks about yeah. the idea that, like, oh, we have this inheritance, this sonship, this confidence. Yeah, uh, the love of God can never be separated from us. So it's almost like um, the son, the prince running into the
0: room, like, right.
1: oh, I have access here, and yet there also is like in the back of my mind this sense of like, but I don't deserve it, and I'm so grateful to be here. Yes. So it's almost like holding the eternity with the with the yet um, yeah. here, not yet. It's like. Yeah. Oh, I want to come with my, my head lifted high. Right. As yeah. we say with the blessing, like, um, his you know, God's countenance is on us. Some people think that lifted lifts countenance to you. is yes. almost him lifting your yes. chin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean by that. Like we come <laughs> yeah. in with not cowering, like we yeah. come in like with joy and confidence. And yet there is like this sense too of like, yet who are we that we get to sit at the King's
0: table? Right. Yeah. Cause I think if it's thought, and again, And even to everyone listening, like, this is a sort of, like, working some stuff out. Yeah. But, like, I think absolutely humility and awe in light of God's greatness. Yeah. But I don't think as much it's, we are a worm, lowly, Mm -hmm. disgusting creature. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's who we are. Mm. I do think in our sin, like, previous to coming to Christ, there's... More of a case for that. But again, even that is a creature made in God's image, mm-hmm. you know, that God himself like made and designed like, yeah. yes, with sin. So I don't know. I know like sin is in opposition to God. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there's some struggle and conflict there with that. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, I don't know if like the goal is to think of yourself as like so terrible. Yeah. Um you shouldn't have like a overly lofty view of yourself. Like you, and I'm not, none of this is me saying that then you earned or deserved salvation Mm -hmm. or earned or, you know, earned God's favor or love in some way. But it's like, that's been so granted by God. Right. And it's like, so obvious that it's been generously granted by God. And if God actually does cover us Mm -hmm. and cover our, Shame and our, you know, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's how then he sees us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: I don't know. That's I my mean, Paul. You know, is just
1: an example of of being a Christian and feels like he kind of does both too. Though he's he like does. says like, oh, I'm the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm the worst. Like, yeah, worse. Yeah.
1: Um, and yet he also does have like the sonship stuff from mm-hmm. Romans eight. So it's kind of like he has a little bit of like. Kind of adds both on that. I wonder too, because I'm studying right now um, for a passage we're going to do at the end of Luke 6 when it talks about um, don't judge other people, mm-hmm. don't judge the speck in your neighbor's eye when you have a plank in your eye. Yeah. So maybe there's a sense of, I understand that I'm a sinner. I'm no better than anybody else. Right. And yet my, my confidence, <laughs> I'm doing like a yeah, hand motion yeah, yeah. here.
0: My my relationship to God is no longer as a sinner, but it's a saint. Yes. Yes. And like that Ephesians 2, sort of like masterpiece, like mm-hmm. God's workmanship. Yeah. Like we are, we are that in him. And again, that's because of him. Yeah. So sometimes I think to look down on ourselves mm-hmm. is to look down on the creator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without... So I'm not... Yeah. And None of that's like me trying to say I'm cool or something or I'm good, but yeah. just it's it's that... I think we are more beautiful in the eyes of God than we let on to. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes like we just have to be careful with like almost like a, I don't, I don't know if it's like false humility is the right word, mm-hmm. but if it's like a trying to put on like a, a, a looking down upon ourselves yeah. to make God great. I think it's like, just make God great. Like just, mm-hmm. just reflect him, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If that's like an idea to think about. But I was just thinking about that when I was thinking about pendulum swings and. (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) Uh. I'm wondering even what we're doing, if that's an example, or if there's things here and just our culture of church that in a few years will be like, oh, we maybe got a little bit too sidetracked on that Uh or emphasize. Like, I think the Holy Spirit is so gracious to deal with us when we're oh, totally. either sidetracked or pendulum swung too far. Yeah. But then he's also gracious to bring us back. That's so good. I'm curious to know what's, what he wants to bring back. Maybe you want to email us and you have yeah. an idea of what the Lord wants to bring <laughs> Calvary
0: back to. Yeah. Have we pendulum swung too far in a certain direction or, or culture? It doesn't have to just be Calvary. Like, it could be a Christian culture sure. these days. But um, anyway. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. I like this verse that Norm um, referenced on Sunday that I kind of thought about differently, but 2 Corinthians 7, 8 through 10. And he says, I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you. (laughs) And he says, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while, Hmm. but now I'm glad I sent it. Not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. Hmm. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and Results in salvation, yeah. And so he's talking in light of this passage on sorrows, these sorrows mm-hmm. lead us towards salvation, yeah. It kind of actually reminded me in some ways of like the Nehemiah 8 story, where it's exactly like I was just thinking, they, that. yeah, they hear yeah. the word and they start crying, and yeah. that's like good that conviction, yeah, shame versus guilt, yeah, exactly, exactly. Guilt can be good, mm. shame's bad, but um, but yeah, so sometimes it's like. Because I do think we have to be careful with this, but sometimes that loving act is to, like, help people see, Yes, you know, where they're far from God. Maybe
1: that's a way the pendulum has has swung in some ways, use that term again, that uh, we're called to love our neighbor, and that's been such a great emphasis
0: in this season, Mm -hmm. but maybe we can love them in a way that doesn't help them. Right, Yeah we do still need to speak truth in love sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we might just go love, but no truth. I think the hard part is like, we live in this crazy outrage culture. And so people have been, myself included, like preaching against this sort of outrage and mean person on the internet version of a Christian. Yeah. And so then, but then it's like, does that cause us to preach against that? Would that cause us to pendulum swing towards being afraid to like confront sin. Right. Right. I think, yeah. forgive me, I might've said this on the podcast before, we're it's at okay. the age where it's like,
1: did I, where did I say this or oh, what? Yeah, but we're old. I one time <laughs> as a high school pastor had uh, like a sophomore at El Medina High School come to Christ in a pretty radical way. And he went home from this camp experience and he told his parents they were going to hell. <laughs> and it was like first like like they're like sitting on the couch like watching TV and they're like how's your trip son? <laughs> mom dad you're going to hell and they're like what? So they actually the mom called me all fired up like my son just got back. Are you teaching them that I'm going to hell? <laughs> and it was like it was like do I, uh, <laughs> I was like what do I say to this? And uh, I think I said some version of what I can recall of like um, well it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks. That's good. And this is is where he's a holy God and he calls us to repentance. Anyone can come to repentance. And so I wonder sometimes maybe if it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. if we just have to say, hey, let God deal with your sin. Let God deal with you. And then that holy repentance
0: comes from that. But yeah, that is a good passage. It's such an interesting beginning. And sometimes the NLT kind of makes it pop in a way that I didn't like remember as much yeah. or something but, but i'm not sorry i sent that severe letter to you <laughs> do you want to hear something trippy so that's Second corinthians yeah, yeah.
1: i've and one of my uh theological class i don't know which one. they think there might have been four letters to the cor- to the church in corinth
0: oh really so
1: that we have the first and the third that that might have been referring to the second
0: oh interesting i
1: mean the first one is kind of harsh too because he's dealing with sexual sin yeah but that there might've been a second. And then the way that I think it's second Corinthians points to number four, or like there might be a further oh, book. A further one. Yeah. yeah that's it's like, Oh, it's kind of weird to think. I mean, it doesn't really matter because we don't have them. Mm-hmm. If we did, like say, if you found like, this book that's called third Corinthians right now, would that be like a
0: weird thing know, to find? Like, uh, do we put that in our Bibles now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know that's wild. Or like did God's sovereignty like kind of like maybe there was yes. something like yeah, Paul was in his. It was too harsh. Paul, so Paul was like... in his like flesh that was not included in the canon right. because Paul was in his flesh. Right. This reference he's making, I'm sorry I was too harsh. Well, yeah, the spirit said you were too harsh. That was you yeah. speaking. That. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of good. I like that. That's interesting to think about. Um, okay, Cool good on these last couple Sundays we're yeah. gonna be just continuing to make our way through yeah you're up the Sunday yeah this Sunday this Sunday man I'm like hyped for it it's gonna be super it's gonna be super interesting because it's the whole love your enemies passage yes. and like I mean that's just an interesting thought in the midst of our cultural moment so it's just so um helpful it's like helpful in any cultural moment but totally. it just does feel like uh, actually doing because it's very specific about actions doing actions of love towards people that don't like you that hate you yes it's not about people you hate it's people that hate you yes <laughs> so it's wild i had an interesting thing we drove up on
1: saturday uh to los angeles as a family family oh, yeah. of six here in the old suburban <laughs> and uh we're driving on the 10 freeway and there's a really slow car in front of us we're in the middle lane and i'm like i'm just gonna get over real quick and so I got over, but I didn't you ever realize that like a car's coming super Ooh, fast, yeah. like probably 90 miles an hour. I didn't quite gauge it right. So I totally slowed him down. It was like my fault for not sure. gauging that. So then I get around the slow car, get back in the middle lane, and this car flies up to me, then pulls, like cuts right in front of me. <laughs> this was like a classic move. He had a sunroof. I forget what kind of car it was, but sunroof. Like you can tell the sunroof's like moving back. And then he just gives me the one way to God oh, thing and up just above holds the ca- it above up, the car, holds it out of the sunroof for like, it felt like an eternity, the international greeting. <laughs> the
0: international oh greeting.
1: man. Oh no. And, uh, Marie's like, calm down. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. Cause like, I feel like I was getting like shamed for my family and for my oh, wife. No. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to do. I have yes. the old suburban. I don't think I can catch up to him. But it's like, Oh man, I just hate that guy right now. <laughs> I like, hate him.
0: And so it's like, that's just a dumb example, but it's like,
1: man, that just happens day after day, right?
0: How do you love that person? I mean, obviously that situation, you probably just should just mind your business, but, uh, (laughs) 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 but in like situations that are like more actual confrontive in front of you, you know? Yeah. It's crazy, man. So it'll be, anyway, it'll be good as we talk through some of that. And, uh, I'll talk about how I love you so much, (laughs) how I express my loving (laughs) actions towards you. (laughs) <laughs> all right should we do a couple emails yeah, we've got a yeah, couple yeah. emails these are uh-huh. more on the serious end of emails oh not the silly end of emails but we appreciate both yeah uh, <laughs> so uh here this one's from uh someone that just wants to remain anonymous and mm-hmm. says my question is why be protestant or non-denominational christian rather than catholic christian i know it's a big topic but to whatever extent you can answer it will be helpful um, and so like, it's, this is, so basically it's like, why be Catholic or not Catholic? Right. Essentially is the, is the heart of the question. Now we're genuinely going to be answering this like off the top of our heads. Yeah. Um, but I think we do have some thoughts. So Matt, what are your initial ones? Well, let's go back to the reformation. <laughs> All right. How long <laughs> yeah, is this going A long this time be, ago. This, there's this guy this named
1: Martin Luther. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, okay, how do I answer this in a short way? Um, I, I think with any denomination, when people say like, what denomination should I be part of? Yeah. I think the thing we find, we want to look for is a church that preaches God's word. So yeah. the Bible is preached um, unfiltered in a way. Yeah. So it's not just based on tradition. Mm-hmm. It's not based on a certain, <laughs> I guess, bias, but mm-hmm. it's like, here's what God said and we want to do it. Yep. Um, I think that there are many, in fact, I know I've met many genuine, amazing, deep believers that are Catholics that would be part of the Catholic church. And, um, and I've actually been really humbled by that Mm -hmm. in the last few years. So my wife worked for, um, uh, Christ's Pregnancy Center that had its roots in Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And so I got to be around a lot of her coworkers and just saw the genuine, like a life of their faith in Jesus, which was awesome. I think, though, that there is a tradition um, component of the Catholic Church that can, um, at times, lead people away from just hearing the unfiltered Word of God. Mm -hmm. So tradition can either match—in fact, they even say tradition would match um, God's Mm -hmm. Word—or at times, even in the practice of the local parish, it would— Oversee or supersede God's word. And so I think when that happens in any denomination, we should kind of push a caution flag or be like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Yeah. And so I've met many people, even here at Calvary, who've grown up in Catholic experiences, like, man, I just I I know the gospel was preached, but I just couldn't hear it through everything else. Yeah. And so I missed it. Yep. And so I guess my caution would be is that. You can find Jesus in the Catholic Church, but um, but you can also miss it. But you can also miss it at Calvary. Mm-hmm. You could miss it here if you were yeah. maybe in it for just friends or you were just in it because of a program
0: or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think if you like, if you enjoy the sort of like high church um, style of the Catholic Church, and by high church we mean sort of like the more liturgical sort of traditional old school latiny whatever you know mm-hmm. not necessarily latin but like that kind of like style of church there are ways that you can find that without some of the th- areas that we think are problematic mm-hmm. within the catholic church so and even like like tradition when you say tradition it's like the the sort of current thoughts and rules of like how, the, what the church says, yeah, not Vatican what the Bible one, says. Vatican one, Vatican yes. two, or like
1: edicts that were produced uh, from the Pope, from um, yeah. uh, the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. Um, of this is how
0: we're to live. Yes. And so that like non-biblical source essentially is as the same level of authority as the scriptures. Yeah. And like that includes like papal authority. So the authority mm-hmm. of the Pope um, So some of that, that's like where to me, it's like the beginning of the like strongest problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then of course, like some issues with like, if, if like praying to Mary is praying to her as is praying to her as divine in in any way, then like absolutely wrong. Yeah.
1: The book of Hebrews talks about there's one mediator, one mediator between God and man. That's the person Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And in, uh, many Catholic backgrounds, teachings, practices, uh, Mary's a co-redemptress co- <laughs> Redemptress. <laughs> Redemptress yeah. with Jesus. So you go yeah. to Mary to get to Jesus, basically. Yeah. And it's just that's
0: just not scriptural at all. Right. And that's where they have this, like, the praying to the saints. So this is where to be gracious and to be fair, they're not saying the saints have, like, power, but they're, like, use the, the saints as, like, a conduit almost. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you pray to a saint or you pray to Mary as, like, a conduit to then get to God and kind of like how the priests are this conduit to get to God for them as well. Like we absolutely don't think that you need to have a human being of any kind tell you that you are forgiven or the way to be forgiven other than simply through faith in Jesus. Um, So the priesthood of all believers is so beautiful
1: in the book of Hebrews and talks about the idea that any of us can come to God through Christ and have access to the
0: throne room and, You don't need a pastor (laughs) to Mm -hmm. necessarily pray on your behalf, anything like that. Right, right. And so there's like all sorts of things that we could get into with some of the stuff with like the Mary, with the saints, with over, or, you know, certain forms of prayers, whatever. So Mm -hmm. we might have some issues with a lot of that different stuff. While at the same time, I do actually think I agree. I agree with you as well, that I've met people that genuinely believe that they have salvation in Christ alone, yeah, you know, and not all that other stuff, but they still are within that, that tradition. Now they might, people might not like that we say that or not Mm -hmm. like agree with that. And that's like kind of, that's okay too. But I think there needs to be a little bit of like, whoa, just we need to be careful, like not thinking, like speak for God of whether that person is saved or not, because they're part of some other system. Yeah. I would also caution if you're
1: ever part of a church that says you have to be part of our church, right. In order to be saved. Um, so yeah. And there are some Catholic teachings that say that you have to be, uh, either baptized or to take the sacraments and in yep. our context yep, in order to legitimately be saved. And if you hear of any type of denomination yeah. that says that there's a church that preys on college students in a lot of the big cities, yeah. it's called like, I think the, um, church, the of church, church of Christ? Christ. Yeah. But it's like Boston church of Christ yeah. or something. It is. And they'll say something s- similar to that. There's also a thing called the local church, the denomination. It will often just say like Santa Ana church mm. um, or whatever your city is church. And those tend to be, yeah, you only are saved if you're
0: part of our church. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. those are always big red flags to me. Right. Yeah. We don't believe that you are in any way too saved by sacraments. So whether that's baptism or, or communion, we obviously like have some different things that we think about, about communion and, and, uh, and baptism as well. Um, I try to be even less dogmatic about some of the like, method of baptism even though i do believe in immersion but i also like i don't know if that's like the hill to super like mm-hmm. the crux of our faith yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> um but like we do have beliefs about this and what we think the bible says yeah. um it's confusing baptism with some of the stuff on like him and his whole household were baptized totally. and were saved yeah in um, acts yeah, yeah in acts there's some there's some like reasons people have different beliefs about mm-hmm. baptism it's not like just we're smart and they're all dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's some reasons people have different belief. Now we have re, I think really good reasons. You could come take the baptism class coming up on September 3rd or Ooh, 10th. Nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and learn a little bit more about what we believe. Cause we are doing a beach baptism on September at 10th. Corona Del Mar. At Corona where, Del Mar. Uh, Jesus revolution. Yeah, talks that's about. right. So yeah. yeah. So that should be really cool. So hopefully that helps, but we can obviously. Yeah. Good question. Follow up with us if that's, if you need more information. Yeah, we, that. Would, we would love to help. There's like a, I mean, you could go on that for like, you could have a whole podcast for years discussing yeah. that very topic. So, yeah.
1: And then I just think um, to finally, I would just say Ephesians 2 talks about by grace, you're saved, not by works, but through yeah. faith.
0: And so I think that's something we hold on to. Yeah, that's the crux is the works thing is, yeah. So we, just, we do not believe in works-based salvation. Mm-hmm. And so anything... Anything that says this is the only church and anything that says these works are required, um, really be careful. And it's hard even like, even in the way you speak, when you believe <laughs> that it's not works-based salvation, yeah. you can accidentally say things that sound like works-based salvation, yeah. just like, I don't know, just sort of on accident. Yeah, and so. the book of James. <laughs> the book of James yeah.
1: talks about I know.
0: faith that, that works, works is dead. dead.
1: So. Yeah, Yeah. there's, there's, it's, it can be tricky. It really
0: can be. Okay, we'll do one more. Okay, one more email. Uh, This is from uh, James in Santa Ana. James says, "I've grown up in the church. Uh uh I went to Biola, yet I've never had someone ask to disciple me." Okay. Uh, in my early twenties, I asked Calvary to set me up with someone who would disciple me and, and they did, but it never really clicked. Mm -hmm. So after one meeting with one man, I just never went back. Mm -hmm. So now being in my late thirties, how would I go about being discipled and discipling others? It's easy to just say, oh, I disciple my friends and my friends disciple me. Is that enough? Mm -hmm. And does that edify the church as a whole? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good question. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'm go w- for it. Okay. Yeah, your head. yeah, I got something. So just, uh, I would say I probably have a similar experience. I probably mm-hmm. have had one or two people in my life that have sort of like offered to disciple me for a season, but I would say like, the every other experience of my life of me being discipled by someone has been me asking for it Yeah, has been me initiating that asking someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. I think there's reasons for that. I think one is like a people feel like that sounds like uh prideful or something, Mm -hmm. you know, for me to like come up to you. If I came to you and I'm like, Hey man, I just really like to disciple you. And like, you'd be like, but wait, could, could you, yeah, I'll, I'll Oh, you're asking, Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like, just where it's like mm-hmm. a little bit, it could feel it. I think it feels weird to people or you're not drop good, your nuts and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> drop your Oakland days hat and follow <laughs> yes, me. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I don't know. I think that's where it like feels more natural to request that. I think. There's been like a couple people that have just said like, "Hey, I'm available," mm-hmm. you know, and like, and then I've like then had to pursue that. Mm-hmm. I think even people have said like, uh, I remember one person says like, "Hey, I'm available. You just ask when you want, like what you want, and then yeah. I'll, I'll." So it's like an expression of availability, but yeah. then I had to like initiate and pursue it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just think that that's going to be the most helpful. And I think you can still have it edify than the church as a whole. Mm -hmm. If you're going to like an older person than you and you're kind of like cross generation, you know, crossing those generations and and inviting that into yourself. I think if we all were doing that, then we would really be edifying the church as a whole still. But then I think, Hey, if we could all, also take a little bit of a risk of helping to like express our availability to others yeah it's risky it's like awkward it's uncomfortable what if what if they say no or whatever like it's like you are putting yourself in a position of Mm -hmm. of risk of hurt or something Mm -hmm. or or something or rejection or whatever that might be Mm -hmm. but i think like if we could just express our availability to people then that could be pretty
1: cool yeah um so i think even what james is asking is you know, I've never been formally discipled. So, how do I go about starting that? So, you're saying, ask somebody. <laughs> yep,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and and even like the whole thing of, you know, it, I it just didn't really click with this person. Like, it's that's very very likely to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's normal to.
1: And sometimes discipleship is for a season, meaning one time you're going to grab coffee with somebody and maybe they're an older dad than you and be like, Hey, tell me some things that have helped you in raising college age kids or high school kids. And then that's it. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's part of the notch of discipleship of growth in your life. Other people are like, let's unpack this for six months or a year, or let's live the rest of our lives together. So maybe just even be okay with
0: (laughs) either not clicking or being temporary, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, you were talking earlier about, um, before we started recording, just about like therapists or counselors. Like, yes. Like you have to, you sort of have to like almost like interview counselors So you go to a session, you kind of see if like, Oh, is this a good fit or not? Yeah. Probably it's it's like, I can't see it any other way other, you know, in discipling relationships. Like it's gotta be a little like that. Yeah. So I think it's okay to like have a coffee with somebody that one time might be helpful. And Mm -hmm. then if it's not, going to click. That's fine. But Mm -hmm. don't then, the encouragement is don't give up at that point. Yeah. Keep pursuing. I tried that. I gave up on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And discipleship comes in lots of different ways and modes and Mm -hmm. seasons. I think too, and this is not just directed at you, James, but all of us be teachable. Maybe one of the reasons that we haven't been discipled is because we're not open to being taught. And so I think just coming with um, humility to necessarily ask somebody, but also like, okay, speak into my life. Like, yeah. obviously I want to judge that with the God's words. I'm not just going to like say, you know, you do tell me to go buy a business and I'm doing something foolish, and I'm going <laughs> to listen to you. But like, no, like I want to be teachable and open to your advice and your encouragement, not to be defensive, not like I have it all together. And it's not a counseling session necessarily either, where it's just like, let me just pour out all my grievances to right, you. Right. But it's like, no, no, speak in my life from your experiences with the aid of the Holy Spirit.
0: That's good. Yeah, so that's good. I think good question, but I do think there's some don't give up, James. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of hope and a lot of like potential. Oh, easy... I do want to answer too that part of like peer discipleship. I think that's oh yeah all your part friends. of it. Yeah, like that's great.
1: But there is something unique about asking someone a season older than you, uh-huh. and then pouring into someone that's a bit younger than you. Yep. I think there's just. A dynamic there
0: that is so cool yep it's it's like a all the above with discipleship yeah. you know so it's yeah people older younger middle <laughs> same it's like dead people even like as you read their books <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there could be yeah. you know we're discipled in all sorts of creative ways um in in relationship but also even from like an author or a speaker or whatever so yeah. there's all sorts of ways we can be that and I think Part of the like the problem, like we just haven't really kept trying to do a ton of this whole church matchmaking discipleship because yeah. it just doesn't tend to work that often. Yeah, and so that's why we will help people with that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like work often enough that it's something we're like constantly promoting. Yeah. Um, so that's why we really think if you can initiate it, it's going to be 10 times better, mm-hmm. but we're also willing to help like, but mm-hmm. it also helps to have like a bit of almost like an intake where mm-hmm. you chat with like, so, like one of us and we like a pastor or something and we kind of like, Oh yeah, maybe this person would be good for you or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, Um. but yeah, great question. Love it. Um. Yeah. We
1: did have one more question that came through just during the recording of our podcast. Okay, go ahead. Yes, please. Um, Mia from Boston asks, what do you think of the Women's World Cup and the U.S. losing?
0: (laughs) Mia from Boston. (laughs) Well, Mia, um, it's good to hear from you. First of all, thanks for your email. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty... I was pretty, like, kind of annoyed and frustrated with our women's national team. So, you know, thanks for – that's a good way to close. <laughs> Podcast. Do you think they were too arrogant, too overconfident, or they had bad coaching? I don't know. I don't I, – I think there were some weird substitutions. I think there was a holding on to a couple members of, like, the past that Oof. should have been let go of Booted. maybe. Yeah. yeah. So without getting too into it. But yeah. it's just – I do think – Sometimes you got to trust the next generation. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably a lesson for all of us at some level. Uh, (laughs) We need to step aside when the time comes. Exactly. Uh, But, um, yeah, there was a couple members of that team that were, like, just, like, young fireballs that, like, I think really could have used a little more trust. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But it could have been. It's, like, the dominance of the U.S. women's national team over the last 20 years or whatever is, like, still... Like in this world of soccer, yeah. If you were to the kind of dominance that women's team had, like in the US women's team had, if that was in the men's side, it would be like you would have never stopped knowing who these people right. are. Right. They're just they would have been yeah. the most famous people on yeah. earth. Yeah. And uh it's just wild, you know. So that level of dominance was just incredible.
1: Now, when you were in Europe, was it people talking about it? Were they like having like, you know, screenings in public or it's not
0: quite as big as the men's? I was I thought it would be bigger, but I hardly saw it at all. I don't know if we've sort of, in America, actually, maybe because of how good our women have been, like, kind of elevate the women's game. Like, And I was surprised, because also, like, it's pretty progressive in Europe, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you'd think, like, maybe there'd be a little bit more of an appreciation of that, but I was not. I, like, went into this little restaurant in Switzerland during, like, I know one of the games was on, and it was like some like fifth division men's game was on <laughs> <laughs> men's yeah. club game was on right. you know kind of thing where it was just like nah they weren't was, interesting yeah they weren't watching it so that was odd but also switzerland's team lost early too so they were so, boring anyway, yeah but yeah oh interesting all right uh, well thank you mia for your question oh yeah i appreciate you mia um say hi to the rest of the ham family for <laughs> us <laughs> all right this is good thanks Matt. And thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.